tremendous amount of chutzpah. True. Zany is great in a campaign. It's great on, uh, on talk radio. What do you call it? Uncomfortable clarity? No. All right, go, go. <clears throat> I'm ready. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. The fact of the matter is, they should be illegal, period. I give you America itself! This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Anybody seen the white flash? Uh, hold on, let me put my ear to the ground. Oh, oh wait a minute. Oh, when, hey. did that, when did that text get sent? Here it is. Oh, yep, there it is. He actually had his ear to the ground, folks. Yeah. <laughs> and heard the ah! hoofbeats. <laughs> Studio C, etc., etc., general manager. Red flag warnings. Oh, yeah, good one. Which Alan Dershowitz has laid in, uh, weighed in on and uh, says, whoa, 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 hold your horses. There's a constitution to look at. Yeah. So uh, that'll be interesting. Well, Alan Dershowitz may weigh in, Jack, but I have weighed in. And he'll have to wait behind me. That's fine. I am weighing in. He doesn't have a radio show, as far as I know. I'm stripped down to my briefs, my briefest briefs, and I'm standing on the scale of justice. I am weighing in. (laughs) Trying to make weight? Exactly. (laughs) In legal briefs. (laughs) That's right. That's what you're saying. Yeah, it's little underpants. That have the Constitution written on them. Oh, man, my... <laughs> my legal briefs. Thanks. I'm here all week. My my youngest, who is getting so much better with his various medication we were trying, I mean, he was still a, a, a many miles away from being able to attend a, a regular school or anything like that. Was getting a lot better. Yeah. He's gone completely the other direction for a variety of reasons. Hospitals ran out of the drug, for one thing. Oh, no. Which I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, for the love of heaven. I didn't even know that was a thing. But anyway, uh, ran out of the drug, but have gone so ba- uh, far the other direction, and now he's back to being up and all night long, and God dang it, trying to get him situated in the morning before I take off for work is just... Oh, boy. And I know, everybody's got their things, but... Yeah, yeah. Um, I think humanity could do a better job of remembering that everybody's got their things, you know? Maybe before... For instance, you express your rage and dissatisfaction with your life by hurting a bunch of people. You might think to yourself, you know what? They have stuff that uh, makes them hurt a great deal, too. They're probably dealing with something heavy right now. Maybe you shouldn't take out your pain on them. For instance, I take the first two minutes of the show much more serious than intended. Did you know that they ran out of drugs in America? I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm, I'm astounded Some by particular that. drugs, just, uh, we don't have any of that Seems right now. particularly anti-American. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, sometimes uh-huh. you get to the store and they don't have your favorite salsa, and you're like, what? how does this happen? And I've been trying to nail this down, and like nobody seems to know, and I finally talked to somebody day before yesterday on the phone who said, the plant closes once a year to clean, and then we always run out of it during their cleaning. Well. Can't they like make enough to cover their cleaning? Or note to the plant, <laughs> just so no kidding. And it's super expensive, so it's not. I don't know. You, you know, know, these days, if you've ever read anything about modern logistics, where companies, for instance, since everything's computerized, and 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 of course, the somewhat humorous tangent to this is that if the electricity goes out, they don't have the slightest idea how to conduct a transaction. You have cash. They have a product. They know what the price is. 
You know what the price is, but you can't transact without those computers on. Anyway, but to get back to the main thread, they see all their inventory moving and, and, and being sold and bought and the rest of it by a computer. So they know, listen, we've sold 47% of this stuff. That's when we order more. And so they never are out of your, your favorite salsa, for instance. Or Walmart is just, they practically invented some of this stuff. And they're miraculously good at maintaining stock and distribution, the rest of it. Uh, blah, blah, blah. How in the modern era could they say, uh, got me uh, uh, help Jack at all? Nope, we're out. Sorry. <laughs> How does that happen? I don't know. Because they clean what You know, they're, you just told me they clean once a year. I'll bet, I'll bet that is damned interesting, like a Walmart. How they, they very rarely don't have what you want. They've got some left. And uh, I'll bet figuring that out for every store in the country so you don't have 500 of something or zero of something, is is amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah. know a guy who uh, who opened up a donut shop in the town I live in. He took over this crappy donut shop, him and his wife. And, like, he's young go-getters, him and his wife, you can tell. And they're really, really working hard. And he said it's just impossible to try to predict how many donuts to make. Because you either end up in a situation where people are showing up and you're out of donuts. All right. And then you think those people may never come back again. Yeah. Or you got so many donuts left over at the end of the day, and you just watch your money d- drawing up and dying in front of you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and predicting the right numbers is impossible. Wow. wow. Is there an algorithm that can predict the lust for donuts in a particular is, town? I'll bet that is hard. Yeah. I didn't know they had a wedding anniversary this weekend over there. They right. ordered 200 donuts today. Don't I, look at me like that. We <laughs> sold half this number last Saturday. Right. I somewhat lived that life when I was doing beer sales for a little while where you are you're essentially just an inventory jockey and you're trying to get them to have just enough to get you through yeah. to the next delivery date specifically because you're dealing with expiration dates and things like that. Phony, please. I've drank year old beer. Oh. It still made uh, ye- I mean years old oh, beer. Yeah. Sorry. Years still made me forget my problems. Oh yeah, absolutely. If you go to a beer rep's house and they offer you beer, chances are that's expired beer that they've just pulled out of their account. I'm going to use my finger quotes for expired beer. Yes, 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 yes please. Right. You know how much you know how much time I'd spend thinking about whether or not I should drink this expired beer? <laughs> <laughs> that long. <laughs> <laughs> that's how long. <laughs> And on this, the 13-year anniversary of me stopping drinking, here I am making beer-opening sounds. Wow. Ironic. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. I am doing everything I can, but I have not been able to stop myself from eating sugar. I'm realizing oh, that easy. I just, I get the cravings, and you know, I I crave chocolate or I crave ice cream. I mean, I it just, it like, it calls to me, basically. And so, I mean, I'm... Michael. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, like the Hershey bar. I have certain things. You can still things. see your toes, Michael, if you bend over just right. <laughs> My problem is I justify. <laughs> I go to the gym. I, you know, I get on the treadmill. And say, hey, I've worked, at, you know, really hard. And I guess I can treat myself, and th- yeah. then it just, you know, I'm just offsetting what I just did. Yeah. Basically. Which, you know, if you're happy with that bargain, you know, that's a, sure. that's an okay bargain. Yeah. The only but way it I'm sounds like progress. you're not happy, my friend. No, I need to eliminate the sugar altogether. Yeah. Well. How's your How's your girlfriend feel about it? Uh, she agrees that I need to eliminate it. She's trying to do it. We're both going to the gym together. So, Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Fantastic. Are you slapping uh, desserts out of each other's mouths? Because that's what you need to start doing. Out of each other's hands. Yeah, we just don't bring you it in the house. You lift a fork full of pie, and she just slaps it out of your hand. I like a more now pass- that's I like a more passive aggressive, just like sighing or mmm or something <laughs> like that. If somebody grabs something, <laughs> now that's how to run a relationship. 
<laughs> oh, boy. Well, okay. what? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Ooh, is that two just scoops? Not, two just... scoops. Okay. Right. No, that's good. You ought to enjoy it. That's fine. <laughs> there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Oh, doing very well, but it's a, it's a, it's a choppy day, or a week in the seas, rather, for, uh, for us in the investor class. You know, you, you, got, you got commies manipulating currencies. You got international central banks cutting interest rates, which I guess has an impact on us here, because apparently it's all connected. Things are up, things are down, but I'm just I'm trying to remember the steady as she goes. You're in this. You're not a trader. You're an investor, Sean. That's what I keep telling myself. You, you're fine. Just ride this out. You're fine. You're the fine. ramblings of the idle rich. It yeah, is. Please. It is a lot more fun to <laughs> That's watch me. It. <laughs> it is a lot more fun to watch it go up than the, the feeling when it's tanking. There's no I, doubt lo- I loved what you said the other day. Was that on the air or off the air? I can't remember. Oh, I think it was uh, off the air. Uh, on the air. Stocks go down faster than they go up, but they go up more than they go down. Right. That's a good one. Yeah. It's just indisputable historically. Mm-hmm. I mean, over uh, you know however long the stock market has existed since it was under a tree on Wall Street. Oh yeah, it, but every Literally. time there's a giant crash. You have just a little bit of a, is he going to come back again? Oh, or? heck yeah. Yeah, it's taken me a lifetime to think. Eh, Especially boy, if you're I older. I sold everything. Why did I sell anything? <laughs> but, you know, not have it. Oh, if you're older, well, that's why. My dad has said he's lost half of his money twice in retirement. Wow. What? He's, um. That he, means he has no money left. <laughs> Well, it came Do back. Do the math. It came all the way yeah. back. And right. then, I know what a right. half is, Jack. Two yeah. halves, that's a whole. <laughs> You're 9-11 and then one of the other ones. <laughs> right. Well, that's uh, that's uh, he's continuing to invest fairly yeah. aggressively. Yeah. That's kind of outside the average retiree's I strategy. I don't but. think he's there now, but like, you know, when he was in his 60s or whatever. Uh, there's Marsha Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marsha? I'm, 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 I'm turning it into gold and burying it. The minute I retire, <laughs> gold. Gold! <laughs> grow a gold tree. <laughs> Had a date yesterday, my friends, a late lunch. She had the salmon, I had the steak, and we shared food. Oh. So there will be a second date. Wow. Magic. I couldn't be happier for you that you had a date. What kind of restaurant did you go to? I went to a very upscale restaurant. There you go. What'd you wear? uh, I had a sport coat on and a nice looking tee. There yeah. you go. And oh, slacks. Oh, the sport and tea. And yeah. slacks. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. I think the sport coat with the t-shirt is the perfect lunch date thing, because it's I'm yeah. dressing up, but hey, it's lunch. Right. You know? And, I don't got to go black tie and tux. Well handled. We, uh, Top hat. We cane. Talk, <laughs> we, we talked home repairs, chatty checkout clerks, because we met in the supermarket. How oh. about those toilet handles, huh? You ever fix one of those? That's yeah, something. She, uh, she uh, has a, a home of her own and has some uh, questions, and so I Oh, like, there you wait go. Wait a minute. Yes. Wait a minute. worth, yes. yes. I told her I had a tool belt and a hammer, and, uh, you know, we... Plus, you put that table together. <laughs> be quiet about that. And now you're waiting for she's <laughs> yeah. got a minor problem. You say, I could come fix that. I'd sure. be happy to. Sure. sure. I know just sure? what to do. Are yeah. you sure? Yeah, <laughs> no problem. Come right over. I'll be there in a minute. That's awesome, Marshall. Right. Absolutely that's, awesome. That's beautiful. That's very cool. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, August 7th, year 2019. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's leap into action now officially, according to FCC rules and regs. Here we go at Mark. I'm addicted to placebos. <laughs> I could quit, but it wouldn't matter. 
That's pretty funny. That is funny. The great Stephen Wright, everybody. Is he he's still oh, alive? Still oh, doing yeah. his thing? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, awesome. Uh, one of the most unique voices in comedy that's ever oh, no, existed. Sure, no doubt. Please. What are our headline, other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Congress moving to crack down on the dark web. We've got abuse lo- lawyers now accusing the Boy Scouts of being the largest pedophile ring on earth. Ooh, oh, wow. wait a minute. You I, gotta, that's a punch in the gut for a lot of folks. Well, yeah, yeah. I understand what they're, what they're trying to do, but nobody's going to top the Catholic Church for the largest pedophile ring on earth. And from the producers of The People versus O.J. on FX, the Bill Clinton sex scandal. Yeah, I read about this. This is going to be good. Yeah. Did you oh, hear about really? who one of the producers is? Yeah, yeah. with yeah. a major twist. Yeah. 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 Who, how could it be good? It's the same people that did the O.J. miniseries. Yeah. Juice. By the, same, yeah. by the same book by Jeffrey Tubin, a real oh, book, a right. real, uh, honest, real, legal look at what yeah. happened all the way through all sides. Right. And they're going to reenact it like that O.J. series. Oh, Juice, but the same woman, Bill. That, same woman that played Marsha Clark's going to be Linda Tripp. So. You don't seem like the comeback kid anymore, Bill. <laughs> I need to know, David Schwimmer. Please, yes, make yeah. it, put him in it. David Schwimmer's got to be in it, and uh, John Travolta's eyebrows also. <laughs> yes, yes, right. same cast. Right. How, how does Mailbag look? Oh, it's fine and dandy. Covers a lot of ground. Yeah, it's cool. like he's not really the juice anymore. I know, Ross. I know. <laughs> like it's not really leaves of grass anymore. I don't know. We got to bring him in somehow. Anyway, all the details on that on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I just saw Marianne Williamson was on Bill Maher the other night. Were there any good clips from that? I didn't if you catch were it. listening. So, Mr. Yeah. President, if you're listening. To Bill Maher. Might have to check that out on my HBO. Good guest, though. That's a good idea for Bill Maher. Have her on. Mailbag. Yes, Woo! yes, it's perfect. Oh, and there's a new poll out today. We've got to hit you. There's some interesting numbers. Oh. A lot of people going away. Going away. I have a list. I would never hurt anybody, but I want them to go away. <laughs> We got to do some bonus mailbag in a little bit. Somebody remind me. There's so much good stuff. You can email us anytime. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I read them all virtually, even if we don't get to them. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Hannah Arendt. She's a uh, German-American philosopher and political theorist. Education is the point at which we decide whether we love the world enough to assume responsibility for it. And by the same token, save it from that ruin which, except for renewal except for the coming of the new and young, would be inevitable. And she goes on on that thought, too, that at some point, people decide, this is my responsibility, and step up to it. And, oh my gosh, we got an absolutely fabulous email I want to feature later from a teacher talking about disaffected, disconnected, angry young males and how he deals with them. Okay, I want to hear that. It is absolutely striking. And and this uh, gentleman, I believe has been doing this for 20 years and the virtual uh uh it's almost a a photocopy of the thoughts of jordan peterson on how young men can have happy lives yeah i got thoughts on that so works i look forward to that yeah so thank you uh ben the libertarian for passing that on um and again there's more to the quote and i wish we had time but uh let's see this is a note from uh, Edie, i believe For years, I've listened to conservative talk radio where the host or hosts aren't laughing. 
In the same way that solvents from printmaking accumulated in my system to where I could not tolerate a drop more without becoming ill, I cannot listen to hardcore shows anymore without immediately feeling angry. Yet, I need a political radio show to listen to because I've been in love with radio my entire life. Now, I only listen to the Armstrong and Getty show because while I still feel I'm getting information, I'm not angry all the time. With A&G, I laugh most of the time, which is how I am in my daily life. A&G, my solution. Another five-star review. <clears throat> to balance the, these stupid idiots should be banned from the airwaves. There, and there are some days I agree. I've told my mom to stop posting those reviews, <laughs> by the way. So At best, that people say that. Yes. Uh, let's see. Uh, Sean, uh, speaking of Sean, positive Sean producer. Hi. <clears throat> Somebody uh, hailed the whole crew, including uh, Marshall and TMNT, and TMNT indeed is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Michelangelo is the name of the nunchuck wielding Ninja Turtle. That's true. Michelangelo so, is a party dude. I realize this is a grim way to uh, to describe it, but do you remember when who's the big uh, New England Patriots star Hernandez who who killed people? Yes. Well, one of his victims said texted. Hey, uh, you know who I'm with, right? NFL. That's how he referred to Hernandez. Well, Ninja Turtle is how people refer to Michael, just gotcha. in kind of a vague hipster way. They cool. don't know, you know, don't want you to know what they're saying. It's okay. code, man, code. <clears throat> I was listening to your podcast on humanimals on my way home from work today and thought I'd mention that the Russians successfully crossbred humans and apes in the 60s. Unfortunately, their super soldiers' preferred method of attack was to pelt their enemies, pelt their enemies with their own feces. Right. So uh, the success was limited at best. I think that's an attempt at humor. Young males in America, we got a crisis. We absolutely do. And uh, we're going to talk more about that later, in a ver- from a variety of angles. Learning more about uh, the, 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 the scumbag that shot those people in Dayton, Ohio, outside the bar. And just, you know, how, how many young males are like him and some of his attitudes. We know quite a bit about him from various uh, co-workers, students. A girl who dated him gave a long interview yesterday with pretty interesting insight to his creepiness. How, um, I know we're not going to talk about this in a uh, complete way right now, but... Uh, where was he on the angry, disconnected, and and unhappy scale as opposed to psychotic? Why well, I, I don't have the professional ability to tell that, but he um he because I heard uh, he was hearing voices and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I saw that headline, but I haven't come across that yeah. in any of the other stuff I've read. Okay, and you um, got to be careful of that phrase because sure. it can mean several things. The des- description from his girlfriend would, to me, would be he was very angry. And, uh, you know, dissociated from normal society and stuff like that. But I can't imagine how you would identify those sort of people. Because there's tons of people like that. Right. Right. Well, and yeah, which we're going to get in, into that yeah, topic. Which, yeah. which brings up the whole uh, red flag laws. Let's get to the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, in Congress, we do have a bipartisan proposal by Senators Lindsey Graham and Richard Blumenthal. And it's gaining momentum following this weekend's shootings. The still-emerging plan would create a federal grant program to encourage states to go ahead and adopt red flag laws to take guns away from people believed to be a danger to themselves or others. Believed by who to be a danger to society? Uh, who, make, who gets to make that determination? I'll do it. <laughs> I feel like I could, too. 
I'll talk to you for half an hour. Nah, don't give him a gun. I'm just saying, if that's the if that's the hanging up point, no. I, I nominate wow. myself. Now as that's tribute. a brave American stepping Indeed. forward. Indeed. Uh, do you have more on that? No. Go ahead. There there are enormous, probably unsolvable problems with that idea, which we'll discuss in a few oh, minutes. Yeah. And a guy much smarter than me, Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law, who has been studying this very thing for fifty years. Wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today talking about the hang-ups there. And it's it's pretty interesting stuff and really reasoned and well-balanced and not like hair on fire. It's really good stuff. Right. Uh, who, 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 who's with me? Had enough of shouting activists on all sides. I just, I, I'm tired of it. I can't take it anymore. You know, I get the sense, and it doesn't matter if it's someone who agrees with me or disagrees with me. If I get the sense, oh, you're one of those people that would ignore a fact that gets in the way of your story. Right. I just, I'm done with you. Yeah. Even if you're yeah. on my side, I'm just done with you. I don't want to hear it, because what's the point? Meanwhile, the chairman and the ranking member of the House Committee on Homeland Security are requesting the owner of the controversial website 8chan to come and testify. Chairman Bernie Thompson, ranking member Mike Rogers, sent off a letter to Jim Watkins. He's the owner of the website that has been the site of multiple mass shooter manifestos. Watkins is an American who, it turns out, now lives in the Philippines. In that letter, the congressman saying that this is the third attack linked to HN, and they say Americans deserve to know what, if anything, Watkins is doing to try and address the proliferation of extremist content. He could pull the plug on the thing today, and there would be a different one in a half an hour. Isn't that true? Now, I suppose if you use that logic, you yep. would say, okay, what's the point of getting El Chapo? There'll be a different drug kingpin as soon as you get him. Right. But uh, it's even easier with the Internet. Good well, God. I'm not yeah. against studying what role websites like that play in all of this. Yeah. But it's a question of studying and understanding. It's not a question of just you know randomly shutting down this and passing this law. If we don't have a holistic understanding of what's going on, we're doomed to failure. Lawyers representing uh, the uh, Boy Scout sexual abuse victims have announced their first lawsuit filed against the Scouts in Pennsylvania. They're accusing a Scout leader there of committing, quote, unspeakable acts of sexual abuse against a boy during overnight camping trips and day excursions decades ago. The allegations were made by a man who's now 57 years old. He's being represented by a group of law firms called Abused in Scouting. They've teamed up to try and handle the cases. And the group said it has been contacted by over 800 men over the last six months with credible allegations of abuse by scout leaders. Prompting one of the lawyers to say the number of reported allegations exposed the Boy Scouts as, quote, the largest pedophile ring on earth. Like I said, there's no way you're a bigger pedophile ring than the Catholic Church, just the, the numbers. Yeah, just the geographic. But it's uh, not a contest. Right. It can still be plenty sickening. Right, indeed. The uh, Oh, President Trump going to Dayton, Ohio, and El Paso, Texas today. The mayor of Dayton says she will welcome him. It's her duty. And the former congressman from El Paso, Beto O'Rourke, got into a Twitter war with Trump, telling him to stay away. You know, I'm I'm of two minds on this. Yes. Number one, I heard Beto saying and, and tweeting a couple of things yesterday. And I was thinking, why am I hearing anything this twit says? I mean, he is he's going nowhere. He's incredibly annoying. He's as pretentious as can be. He's a 1% guy in the election. Just shut up, from Beto. El Paso. Shut up. Yeah, I know it, but go on. We're going to hear it. I was just going to say, Trump uh, tweeted back to Beto telling him to be quiet. 
So that was his message. But what did Bateau say? I mean, I don't want to hear it. If you want to hear it, go ahead. Why? I I agree with what you just said. Yeah. Why are we paying attention to a one percent candidate? Now, in other news, who, who, by the way, is trying to save his candidacy by saying things that are increasingly hysterical and indefensible. Uh, Please, uh, also, if this was Wikipedia, one of the links to related topics would be C. Cory Booker. He's actually, I think, a 2% candidate. I'm looking at the latest poll. Yeah, he's at 2. He's he's a couple of the... Cory Booker and Beto are at two, the latest poll. You know who's I at, apologize. You know who's at zero? And I, I'll get into more of this later. But Most of humanity, Jack, but go on. De Blasio's at zero percent? Yes, appropriately. And uh, Kirsten Gillibrand. So you're two big New York stars that well, get so much attention because they're from New York. Right. Both at zero percent. Expose them to the country, and, and everybody said, nah. <laughs> no thanks. FX has announced the next installment of American Crime Story will dramatize former President Bill Clinton's impeachment and will air in late September of 2020. Well, something to look forward to. Well, it's it's not just the impeachment. It's right. the whole thing. It's the coming together with him and Monica right. and Linda Tripp and the whole darn thing and Paula right. Jones. And it's the same people that did the OJ miniseries right. that won like 40 different awards. Emmys, Golden Globe, Globes, everything you could win, they won. And it was fabulous, and I watched every minute of it. And it's the same people doing this, and I think it's going to be awesome. Right. <laughs> Bill, <laughs> delighted at the possibility. Mini- Who's going to play Bill? Do we know? Do Good not question. Have, do not know yet. Miniseries will have a focus on Monica Lewinsky, Linda Tripp, and other women who were a central part of the scandal. And it turns out Monica Lewinsky will be a producer of this series. Oh, what? yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you got to have Matthew McConaughey gain 70 pounds and get a bigger nose and play him as like a whispery Bill Clinton. Monica was Monica was quoted uh, telling Vanity Fair, "People have been co-opting and telling my story, my part in this story for decades. In fact, it wasn't until the past few years I've been able to fully reclaim my narrative, and I will do it now." Yes, it's, reclaim it. It's being used, or they're using Jeffrey Tubin's book, "A Vast Conspiracy: The Real Story of the Sex Scandal That Nearly Brought Down a President." Uh, they used his book for the OJ thing, which I thought was pretty fair and balanced. So I- I'm looking forward to this. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Can't you see this becoming an obsession for the nation watching this show? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a, an obsession for me. I don't yeah, know if the, yeah, the nation's oh, yeah. going to be on board. Yeah. yeah. And listen, I'm a, uh, a one-issue voter. How is Hillary going to be portrayed? Her efforts to assassinate Monica Lewinsky's character, Paula Jones' character, etc., she being the designated attack dog because yeah. a woman can do it and get away with it. I want to see that. Wow. Yes. Yes. So we don't know who's playing Monica yet? Have uh, no word on that. Have you seen anything She's on a it? producer, no. yeah. so she's, she's going to... Right. I mean, if it were me, if I were in charge of picking who played me, it'd be someone no, the only... way more handsome than I was going to say, she's, <laughs> she's going to want to glam it up as exactly. much as possible. Yeah. yeah, the only casting thing I saw was Sarah Paulson, who played Marsha Clark in the OJ version, is going to be Linda Tripp in this Which one. sounds great. Oh, yeah. oh Monica, <laughs> you didn't. I called him a butthead. <laughs> oh, Monica. <laughs> Did you say I love you? Yes. Even worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be good stuff. The world will uh, stop for that in my house, in, uh, in my opinion. But Oh, please. So red flag laws are getting a lot of attention. Politicians, uh, 
they're not all just doing this, but there's a lot of, look, I'm trying. Everybody get the idea? I'm trying. This will never go anywhere. I'm trying. Right. And they um, know it won't go anywhere and, and, and a reasonable discussion of why. Yeah. So we've, we've got that next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Okay, so you need to know about this because it's getting a lot of attention, this idea of red flag laws. It's part of common sense gun legislation. I'm trying not to be sarcastic or dismissive or what are y'all doing or, you know, but... It's just, when I hear that term common sense gun laws, none of them are that easy. None of them are as simple as uh, is being thrown out there. Right. For a variety of reasons. You know, one of my themes this morning is going to be when people are attacked, they become defensive. That's one of the problems we got. We're constantly attacking each other, so it's impossible to reach understanding. So I don't want to be seen as attacking people who think this is common sense gun legislation. Here are the problems. They're practically insurmountable. And if you're in favor of this, you you need to know this. What's the quickie description of a red flag law? If if you got something in your background that makes you look like a nut job, they're or not the let, way you're acting, they're not going to let you get a gun. Which threats, nuttiness. Who's not for that? We're all for that, right? In theory, right. And you could call the local authorities, and you would be on a list. You can't buy a gun, and if you have any, they would take them away from you. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, Harvard Law, in the Wall Street Journal today. President Trump's proposal, and again, Trump proposed this, and there's people on all sides that are, that are talking about this. Sure. Trump's proposal to red flag potential mass shooters is well-intentioned. If we could prevent even one mass killing by identifying and disarming the potential perpetrator beforehand, it would be worthwhile. But do we have the tools to do it, and at what cost to our constitutional rights? I have studied, taught, and written for a half a century about the difficulties of predicting violence. My first scholarly article in 1970 was titled The Law of Dangerousness, Some Fictions About Predictions, and a subsequent book was titled Presumption, A Knife That Cuts Both Ways. Research shows that any group of people identified as future violent criminals will contain many more who won't be violent, that's false positives, than who will be violent, true positives. And more true positives mean more false ones. Such groupings also fail to identify many future violent criminals, false negatives. We don't yet have the predictive tools necessary. And I like him saying we don't yet have. That means maybe someday we have computer algorithms that could take in all of these personality traits and behavior. And designed by the guys who run Google. Or the thing we were talking yesterday about how companies have figured out when a customer will actually quit and and stop using our business. How bad can we treat them? The same sort of algorithm needs to come up. When's this person actually going to snap and he shouldn't have a gun? We would have to have everyone under constant surveillance. Right. That's one of the problems. We don't yet (laughs) have... Well, and my uh, reference to Google was snide. Perhaps I should have used my more snide tone of voice. It will be biased. We don't yet have the predictive tools necessary to raise the number of true positives while at the same time reducing false positives. We may someday develop such tools, but how many false positives are we willing to tolerate until then to decrease the number of false negatives? Put another way, how many law-abiding people are we prepared to deprive of guns to prevent even one mass shooting? Some of you would say, I don't care if it's a 1,000. Mm-hmm. Um, the Supreme Court would disagree with that, I think. 
To those who favor strict gun control, the answer might seem obvious. They think it's worth it for uh, 100 or 1,000 nonviolent people to lose their guns to prevent a mass shooting. But those who regard gun possession as a fundamental right under the Second Amendment, as the Supreme Court ruled in the Heller case, frame the issue differently. They ask, can the government deprive a citizen of a constitutional right based on a prediction? Well, that is a, you put it that way, that's a good one. That obviously is a slope so slippery, we would all tumble down it. Red flag laws risk setting a dangerous precedent. If the government can take your guns based on a prediction today, what will stop it from taking your liberty based on a prediction tomorrow? It isn't far. It isn't a far-fetched concern. The U.S. detained more than 100,000 Japanese Americans during World War II based on exaggerated predictions of sabotage. States lock up convicted sexual predators even after they've completed their sentence based on predictions of recidivism. The best predictor of future violence is past violence, so sexual predator laws may have fewer false positives. Hmm. Uh, criminal defendants who are entitled to the presumption of innocence are frequently denied bail based on predictions that they will flee or commit additional crimes. So the danger of moving from red flag gun confiscation to red flag preventative detention is real. He goes on with that. Right. When the Here it comes. Any, Everybody's guns are going to be taken away. And his last sentence, when the government starts taking away some rights in the interest of safety, all rights are at risk. He's a classical liberal. Here's the regular guy uh, problem with this that you need to wrestle with if you're in favor of it. Uh, you know, as you were talking about algorithms and predictions, I was thinking, you know, the most astounding computer still is the human mind. And so you could have somebody into we call it intuition. It's your subconscious thoughts. You're appraising somebody. You're talking with them. You're living with them. You're, you're working with them. And you come to understand they are angry and dangerous in a way. Maybe it's more sophisticated than any computer can. That's a, a, a smart person of good conscience and uh, emotional intelligence and, and the rest of it could probably figure that out. All right. Here's the problem though. Anytime you want to screw with somebody, your neighbor you don't like, your enemy, your coworker, your brother in law, your ex girlfriend, your ex boyfriend, etc., you issue one of these red flag warnings. And yeah, the, the bureaucrats would try to write many pages of regulations to limit this sort of thing prank slash revenge slash messing with people. Um, but people would find a way to get around it. So somebody says, all right, Joe Getty, you should hear him yell on the radio. I mean, he's really an angry guy. He really, in fact, he's, he's talked about revolution. He's called for monarchy. Um, which I have. uh, Anyway, um, I'm, I'm joking. But, um, so they come and they take my guns away. Now, first of all, let's talk about that process. How are they going to get my guns? Am I going to give them willingly? Am I going to hide them? Am I going to entrust them to a friend? Am I going to... How rigorous, how aggressive are they going to be in getting my guns? Okay, that's an interesting question. But then, as a guy who... Look, I was just... I make jokes. Monarchy now is a joke. I want my guns back. They're worth a lot of money, and and I want that last-ditch protection for my family. $30,000 in legal fees later, I get my guns back. Which is my constitutional right. How's that going to work? Now, are they going to have a prompt and free appeals process? That's a step in the right direction. What's that going to cost the taxpayers? Who's going to run it? And you used an example there where, okay, it's uh, we've all heard you say you want monarchy. Yes, that's, I do. That's not in dispute. Again, that's a joke, probably. Maybe. If you got an ex-girlfriend. I would be the king. Yes. Or wife, and I'm dealing with this side because it's mostly guys that are shooting up places. Mm-hmm. Almost entirely. Yeah. Um, all, almost, yeah. 
But um, there have been some women. But so you got a girlfriend or a ex-wife going to the cops or whoever and saying, he said this, and he says, no, I didn't. And then where are you? Right, exactly. And, and by the by, we've been talking about this a lot lately, but if, in case you're just tuning in, the idea that white supremacy is at the root of these things is just wrong. It's just wrong, and it's blind. You know, not only were a lot of the um, the most prolific of the murderers not that at all. They were apolitical. They were left, um, whatever. There have been a handful that were Asian or black or whatever. It's about angry people who are using lashing out and killing people as a coping mechanism That's... in the modern world. You've got to start there. If you're not starting there, you're not going to get where you want to go. That's definitely the Saturday night guy, but as I've learned more about him than I probably should have, just I thought it was an interesting interview with one of his ex-girlfriends because I wonder about, you know, what's one, what's one of these people like when they're headed down the road to snapping? Yeah. And he had plenty of signs that he was a dangerous guy, but... Yeah, God, is it was he to the point of you get to deny him having a gun? I don't know. How do you make those determinations? Right, right. And and some of you are writing in, Joe. You don't have to guess at their motivation. They wrote a manifesto. Uh, with all due respect, I I think you lack understanding about how human beings really work. I've known plenty of angry, disaffected young men. Maybe it's my life in music. I don't know. Um, but people who get way out there, angry, disaffected, disconnected, they find an ideology to latch on to because it gives them an, an identity and a purpose. And whether it's, you know, an angry young prisoner latching, an American latching on to fundamentalist Islam or some dweeb idiot who is probably abused latching on to white supremacy, that's not the cause. It's the effect. You got to figure that out. We got a lot to talk about. There's a new poll out. There's definitely going to be some people out of the next debate. Some of the big names. Good. 